Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading. Today we're looking at Hosea chapter 11. Hosea chapter 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I have called my son. The more I called to them, the more they went away from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning incense to idols. Yet I was the one who taught Ephraim to walk. I took him in my arms, but they did not realize that it was I who healed them. I drew them with cords suitable for a man, with ropes of love. For them I became like someone who lifts a yoke off their neck, and I bent down to feed them. They will not return into the land of Egypt. Instead, an Assyrian will be their king, because they refuse to repent. The sword will slash against their cities, it will destroy the bars of their gates, and it will devour them because of their plans. My people are determined to turn away from me. Though they call him the Most High, he will certainly not exalt them. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart is changed inside me, all my compassion is stirred up. I will not carry out my burning anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again, because I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. I will not enter a city. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. Yes, he will roar, and his children will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like a bird from Egypt and like a dove from the land of Assyria. I will settle them in their houses, declares the Lord. Ephraim surrounds me with falsehood, and the house of Israel with deceit. Judah still strays from God, even from the Holy One, who is faithful. This is the word of our God. Once more, the prophet Hosea looks back to the beginning of Israel's rebellious history. In previous chapters, in chapter 9 and in chapter 10, he had previously traced the history back to the dark days of the judges and to the time of Israel's entry into the land of promise. Um, That was all the way back in chapter 6, verse 7, when he said, Like Adam, they have broken the covenant. They were unfaithful to me there. Talking about the crossing into the land and to the time of the wanderings, even back in chapter 9, in chapter 9, verse 10, when I found Israel, it was like finding grapes in the desert. When I saw your fathers, it was like seeing the early fig on the fruit tree. But when they came to Baal Peor, they consecrated themselves to that shameful idol and became as vile as the thing that they loved. In chapter 12, he will even go further back to the ancestor who gave Israel his name, the patriarch Jacob, And now Hosea, here in chapter 11, sees his contemporaries as filling up the measure of their fathers, so to speak, as Jesus would say in Matthew 23. Now, Hosea looks back to the Exodus, and first of all, he portrays Israel's history as one long revolt against the Father's love, disobedience to the voice of love that gave them freedom and nationhood. And then secondly, looking back to the Exodus, the voice of him who patiently taught his child to walk and took him up in his everlasting arms, who healed all of his diseases, and thirdly, the voice of the compassionate plowman, who eased the yoke and bent down to feed the children. The logic of law and crime and punishment, the call for retribution, the injured love that might react with contempt and rejection, as he says in verse 5, 6, and 7, 
will they not return to Egypt, and will not Assyria rule over them, because they refuse to repent? Swords will flash in their cities, will destroy the bars of their gates, and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me. Even if they call to the Most High, he will by no means exalt them. The people who have turned away from, from God will return to their yoke, to the house of slavery of Egypt. The people who would not have the Lord reign over them shall have the harsh Assyrian for their king. <laughs> but God is love, and he doesn't work according to the logic of humans. He says in verses 8 and 9, How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Adma? How can I make you like Zeboim? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, for I am God and not man. Because he is God and not man, the Holy One who is separate from sinners, his love surpasses human measure and is not trapped in the causes that control human love. God's love persists where even human love fails. Therefore, he will not carry out his fierce anger to destroy Ephraim. He will not destroy totally, nor can his love merely overlook and tolerate the rebellion of the people. His love will deal effectively with their sin. With the roar of a lion, the Lord will declare both his wrath against sin and his love for his children. And at that roar, his wayward children will at last come trembling home to him. That roar was ultimately heard at Calvary, and all history since then is the history of the homecoming of mankind. And so what do we learn from this? We continue with the idea that God's love is a love beyond love, that he is patient, that he is kind, that yes, he has every cause and every reason to destroy his people, and yet he warns them rather than carrying out that destruction immediately, that God wants hearts, that God wants contrition and repentance and return, that God isn't pleased with external sacrifices, and God isn't pleased with external religious rites, that he wants the heart, that he wants the full obedience of the people. And what do we learn from this? That yes, our God is gracious and compassionate, and that the God who said that he doesn't want to destroy his people, <laughs> that this God said he would call them back to him, and they will come trembling like a bird from Egypt, like a dove from the land of Assyria, and that he will settle them in their houses, declares the Lord. Our God has brought that to pass, that we come we come confidently into the Lord's house, that we gather at the Lord's table and receive again the love of a God that goes beyond love, the love of a God that goes beyond comprehension, that you and I might experience that inward feeling of, if God knew me, then, then he really would not be happy with me, that if God really knew what I had done, then he would reject me and he would spurn me and turn away from me. But the truth of the gospel is that God does know you, that God does know you thoroughly because he gave his son to carry your sin and mine, that God knows you, that he carried your sin, he took it away, and now he comes to you in his supper again to say, dear friend, dear child, take and eat your forgiveness, take and drink for the forgiveness of your sins once more, because God's love is a love beyond love. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Be sure to tune in tomorrow morning for Pastor Zarling and Pastor Leighton and the Saturday Thirsty podcast review of all the readings that were scheduled for this past week. God bless your day. <laughs>